Hey there, Nikki. Hope you're ready to take on this Wednesday with whatever it brings in San Francisco. Absolutely, Jonathan. Looks like Nikki has a day of few clouds in the morning and a clear sky by evening ahead, with temperatures ranging from a high of 57 to a low of 49 degrees. Perfect weather to catch up on the latest news, right? First up, a concerning report has come out about popular chatbots like GPT-4 and Google's Gemini. It seems they're spreading false and misleading information about the U.S. presidential primaries. That's right. Despite being trained on vast amounts of Internet data, these chatbots are failing to provide accurate voting information. The findings from a Columbia University workshop highlight not only inaccuracies, but also outdated details that could mislead voters. I'm Jonathan Martin. And I'm Steve Onsker. Welcome to Just Ahead from PocketPod News. In other news, San Francisco's Board of Supervisors is taking a step towards addressing past wrongs with a formal apology to the African-American community for decades of racism and discrimination. They're even talking about reparations, including cash payments and guaranteed income. But while some see this as a move in the right direction, there's debate over whether it's enough to bridge the racial wealth gap and correct systemic injustices. And switching gears to tech, Apple has put the brakes on its long-awaited self-driving car project known as Project Titan. Hundreds of employees are being shifted away from the project amid struggles with developing autonomous technology. Even Tesla's Elon Musk chimed in on social media regarding Apple's decision, which speaks volumes about the competitive landscape in electric vehicles and AI tech. This message is brought to you by PocketPod. Say goodbye to one-size-fits-all podcasts and hello to a fully personalized listening experience with AI-crafted podcast made just for you. Head over to PocketPod.app to join the waitlist. Artificial intelligence is touching almost every aspect of our lives, but it seems there's a growing concern when it comes to voting information. That's right. A recent report highlights how popular AI-powered chatbots like GPT-4 and Google's Gemini are often providing false or misleading responses about the voting process. This misinformation could potentially disenfranchise voters. To delve deeper into this issue, we're joined by PocketPod News national political correspondent Don Gallup. Don, with Super Tuesday just around the corner and 15 states set to hold presidential nominating contests, how significant is this concern? Jonathan, it's incredibly significant. This report lays bare the challenges we're facing with the proliferation of AI in our daily lives, especially when it comes to something as critical as voting. The study conducted by AI experts and bipartisan election officials found that popular chatbots like GPT-4 and Google's Gemini are often providing false or misleading information about voting processes. This isn't just about misinformation. It's about the potential disenfranchisement of voters who rely on these AI tools for accurate information. That sounds troubling, Don. Can you give us more specifics on how these chatbots are misleading voters? Sure, Jonathan. The chatbots, which are trained on vast amounts of Internet data, have been found to suggest non-existent polling places or provide outdated information regarding voter registration and polling times. This was particularly concerning because 15 states and one territory are gearing up for Super Tuesday next week, a crucial moment in our presidential nominating process. How did this issue come to light? Well, a group of election officials and AI researchers decided to test the accuracy of five large language models last month at Columbia University. They discovered that more than half of the responses generated by these chatbots were inaccurate. Even more concerning was that 40% of those responses were categorized as harmful because they perpetuated outdated or incorrect information. 
What are tech companies doing in response to these findings? Companies behind these AI technologies like OpenAI and Anthropic have acknowledged the issue and promised interventions. Meanwhile, Meta and Google have emphasized their ongoing efforts to improve their systems. However, there seems to be a variance in how seriously these companies perceive the problem and what they feel is their responsibility towards mitigating it. How does this situation impact our democracy? Incorrect answers from chatbots about voting processes could amplify threats to democracy by spreading misinformation widely. An example given was misinformation about Nevada's same-day voter registration that could confuse voters due to inaccuracies from AI sources. This situation highlights a broader challenge in ensuring the integrity of information within our electoral processes. With no specific laws regulating AI in politics, what role does self-regulation play here? In lieu of concrete legislative action regulating AI use in politics, tech companies have mainly relied on self-regulation through voluntary PACs. However, following this report's findings on chatbot inaccuracies, there are growing questions about the effectiveness of these self-regulatory measures. And finally, what's the public perception around this issue? There is widespread concern among U.S. adults regarding AI tools spreading false information during elections. Not surprisingly, politicians are also experimenting with this technology despite public apprehension and evidence of misuse. Yet there remains a conspicuous lack of legislative action aimed at regulating AI's role in politics, a gap that needs addressing if we're to preserve electoral integrity. It certainly sounds like an issue that warrants our attention ahead of Super Tuesday and beyond. That was Pocket Pod News, National Political Correspondent Don Gallup. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Jonathan. San Francisco's Board of Supervisors has taken a historic step, issuing a formal apology to African Americans for the city's role in systemic discrimination and racism. That's right. This apology is part of a broader movement across the United States, where cities and states are acknowledging their histories of racial injustices. But in San Francisco, this gesture has sparked a wider conversation about what comes next, specifically the possibility of reparations for black residents. To delve deeper into this significant moment and its implications, we're joined by Pocket Pod News political correspondent Jessica Mallory. Jessica, the resolution passed on February 27, 2024, marks an important acknowledgement. But there's a push for tangible actions beyond apologies, isn't there? Absolutely, Jonathan. The unanimous approval by the San Francisco Board of Supervisors is indeed a pivotal moment, acknowledging decades of systemic discrimination against African Americans. However, it's crystallized a broader conversation about what comes next. This apology, while historic, serves as an initial step toward addressing the injustices and inequalities perpetuated through years of racial discrimination in San Francisco. Can you give us a bit more context on how this compares to actions taken by other cities or states in the U.S.? Certainly. San Francisco's move aligns with a growing trend across the United States where cities like Boston and states, nine in total, have issued formal apologies for slavery and discrimination against African Americans. These apologies signal a recognition of historical injustices at various levels of government, highlighting an increasing willingness to confront uncomfortable truths about our nation's past. And what specific proposals has the African American Reparations Advisory Committee put forward? The committee's proposals are notably ambitious. They've suggested financial reparations that include a $5 million lump sum payment to eligible black adults and nearly $100,000 a year as guaranteed income. 
While these proposals aim directly at bridging San Francisco's racial wealth gap, they've yet to be acted upon, which raises questions about the commitment to tangible reparative measures. That's quite significant. How has this resolution been received within the context of current policies in San Francisco? There's been some criticism from within the board itself regarding public safety measures on the city ballot, which some supervisors believe could disproportionately harm black residents, seemingly contradicting the spirit of this apology. It underscores ongoing concerns that despite these formal acknowledgments, existing policies might still perpetuate harm against black communities. Jessica, can you elaborate on how historical discrimination practices have contributed to current racial disparities in San Francisco? Of course. The resolution brings up several discriminatory practices, such as property redlining and urban renewal projects like the raising of the Fillmore neighborhood, which have significantly contributed to generational wealth gaps among Black families in San Francisco. These historical examples illustrate how systemic racism has played a pivotal role in creating economic disparities within the city. Speaking of disparities, can you touch upon the current racial inequalities present in San Francisco? Absolutely. One stark illustration is that despite making up less than 6% of San Francisco's population, Black people constitute 38% of its homeless population, according to a 2022 federal count. This disparity points towards deep-seated racial inequalities that require comprehensive solutions beyond mere apologies. And how does California fit into broader reparations efforts? California has been somewhat at the forefront by creating a task force on reparations back in 2020, the first state to do so. But even at this level, there's been hesitation around including financial redress in legislative efforts so far, reflecting broader debates on implementing reparations effectively. Finally, what's being said about moving beyond symbolic gestures towards more concrete actions? Advocates are vocally pushing for San Francisco to adopt more concrete actions recommended by the city's reparations committee, including improving education and employment opportunities for Black people as well as access to housing and health care. There's a strong demand for moving beyond symbolic gestures toward meaningful structural changes that directly address long-standing racial disparities. That was PocketPod News political correspondent Jessica Mallory. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Jonathan. After a decade of high hopes and secretive development, Apple has put the brakes on its self-driving electric car initiative. Yes, the project known as Project Titan, which at one point employed around 2,000 people, was aimed at revolutionizing how we think about transportation. But now Apple's CEO Tim Cook announced they're steering away from autonomous vehicles. To dive deeper into what led to this surprising U-turn and what it means for the tech and auto industries, we're joined by PocketPod News technology analyst Paige Owens. Paige, the end of Project Titan seems to be a mix of technological hurdles and market realities. Absolutely, Jonathan. Apple's ambitious Project Titan was indeed a blend of high aspirations and hard realities. The project, which was in the works for a decade and involved around 2,000 employees, aimed at nothing less than revolutionizing the auto industry with a self-driving electric car. However, Tim Cook's announcement in September 2023 that Apple would terminate the project sheds light on the significant challenges they faced, both technological and market-based. That sounds like a massive undertaking. Can you break down some of these challenges for us? Of course. On the technological front, developing autonomous vehicle technology proved to be more daunting than anticipated. The vision included designing a car without traditional controls like a steering wheel or pedals, pushing current technological limits, 
This ambition highlights just how far-reaching Apple's goals were, but also underscores why they might have struggled to achieve such breakthroughs within their timeline. Financially speaking, venturing into uncharted territory like this involved substantial investments, running into billions of dollars over 10 years. The financial risk coupled with technical barriers illustrates the massive hurdle companies face when trying to innovate in new areas like autonomous vehicles. And what about the impact on those who were working on this project? Well, it's a significant shift for those involved. Hundreds out of the 2,000 employees working on Project Titan are being reassigned to other divisions within Apple that focus on artificial intelligence, which indicates where Apple sees its future growth areas. However, there will be layoffs as well, which is always challenging news within any organization. With Apple stepping back from this space, how does this affect the competitive landscape in the electric vehicle market? It's quite impactful. Analysts had speculated that an Apple-branded car could dramatically shake up the auto industry by introducing cutting-edge technology and design philosophies stemming from one of Silicon Valley's giants. With Apple now out of the picture, at least for now, it leaves room for existing players like Tesla to breathe easier, but also raises questions about what it will take for tech companies to successfully cross over into traditional industries like automotive. Elon Musk's reaction, a saluting emoji followed by a cigarette, was quite telling in this regard. It signals an acknowledgement of one less competitor in an already fiercely competitive space. It certainly seems like Project Titan was more than just about building a car. It was about pushing boundaries. Exactly. Testing technologies on public roads and aiming for designs that completely reimagine what vehicles look like signal how ambitious and forward-thinking Project Titan was. These endeavors were not just about entering the auto industry, but were aimed at fundamentally reshaping it with technology at its core. It sounds as though while this chapter closes for Apple in automotive innovation, another one opens with its focus shifting towards AI technologies? Precisely. This move represents both an acknowledgement of immense challenges in autonomous vehicle technology and a recalibration of priorities towards areas where they see more immediate potential, artificial intelligence being one such area. It affects internal staffing and resource allocation while also altering competitive expectations within both tech and automotive industries. This doesn't mean we won't see innovation from Apple in other spaces. Rather, it marks a strategic pivot point where they're choosing to channel their resources into domains where they feel they can make more immediate impacts. Fascinating insights, as always, from PocketPod News Technology Analyst Paige Owens. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Jonathan. Happy to share my analysis. And that's just ahead for Wednesday, February 28th, 2024. I'm Jonathan Martin. And I'm Steve Onsker. Thank you for listening, Nikki. We hope you have a good day and we will see you tomorrow. This podcast was created by PocketPod entirely with AI. If you'd like to learn more, head over to pocketpod.app. <laughs>